Welcome to Bring Your Brilliance. Are you ready to find and amplify your voice? Looking to be inspired by those who are already out there making it happen? Listen in as we shine a light on those who bring their full, authentic selves to do what they love, make no apologies, and don't try to fit into other people's boxes. With your host, Carla Taylor, who, after years of being inspired by the brilliantly shining people she was meeting, decided others need to hear these stories too. Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Bring Your Brilliance here on the Inspired Choices Network and my name is Carla Taylor and I am here to help you get inspired and stay inspired to bring your brilliance today and every day and today's show, today's topic is all about how to get and stay motivated. So this might be where you are right now. You want to get started on that new project or initiative, but maybe you're having a hard time getting motivated. Or maybe you were initially inspired and excited and got it started, but then staying motivated after a few days, weeks, or months has become, let's just say, a challenge. <laughs> um, so we know that motivation ebbs and flows, right? And motivating yourself or others can sometimes elude us. So what can you do when that happens? So today I'm going to be sharing some of the tried and true real life lessons learned from my years of work with clients and top leaders at multiple organizations and some of the motivation hacks that you'll need to get and stay motivated. So if motivation is what you are struggling with, today's show is for you. And I can say <laughs> that as I'm heading into this topic and into this show, I had a week where my motivation has ebbed and flowed tremendously. So I am living this right now. And so this was a really good topic for me to actually talk about, <laughs> as sometimes you just don't feel like doing that thing that you are supposed to be doing, or, you know, the radio show you were excited about sometimes is like, oh, man, here I go again, or the uh, the project that you really, really know you want to do and you've had on your list forever, and you know it's important and you know it's something that you want to do, but you just aren't doing it. So this is the time for us to really dig in and get real about what may be going on, what motivation even is, just helping us understand maybe what's going on internally so that we can address it. So to start at the very beginning, <laughs> let's just talk about what is motivation. So what is it exactly? And there's a really good uh, quote by an author named Stephen Pressfield who wrote a book called The War of Art. And it really talks about the core of motivation. And so to paraphrase him, basically says, at some point, the pain of not doing it becomes greater than the pain of doing it. So in other words, at some point, it's easier to change than to stay the same. So when you get so uncomfortable with the sameness that you realize you've got to do something. So it's easier at that point to take action and feel that insecurity, whether it's at the gym, uh, you know, instead of sitting still and be self-loathing on the couch, <laughs> or to feel awkward when making a sales call than to feel disappointed about your dwindling bank account. So we've all had those moments where 
we just got to do it. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, go do it or go home. And like, you've just, you're at that moment. And that is truly a place where you've got to just get up and get going and get started. But sometimes it's not that painful. And sometimes you just kind of want it, but you're not going after it. And one of the things to know is that whenever you're trying to do something new, usually you have all these reasons why you want it. And again, if you haven't got to that point where the pain is so great that you just are forced to go do it, but you still want to get started, you still want to have motivation to do it. Remember that the friction, the most friction is at the beginning. So one of the most surprising things about motivation is that it often comes after starting a new behavior and not before. We have this common misconception that that motivation just, you know, comes. (laughs) It just arrives and there it is and then we get to go do something. And I talk about my daughter a lot just because she's so good at verbalizing what a lot of us are thinking and she and I talk a lot about these things. And so I always hear her voice in my head asking these questions or saying these things. Uh, But she's like, well, I want to go do this. I want to start this. I want to go be creative, whatever it is. Um, But I just don't feel like it. I'm not motivated yet. And she's like just sitting around waiting for motivation to, you know, like a magic wand and happen upon her. And then she'll go do it. And I keep telling her and myself (laughs) that sometimes we actually have to take the action first to get ourselves to actually want to do it. And you know, if you've ever wanted to work out and you didn't feel like working out but you forced yourself to go to the gym and you just told yourself okay I'm just going to drive there and I'll go ahead and get my clothes on but I'm really not going to do much of a workout but then once you're there and you're starting then that action actually creates more action and more momentum and it actually creates the motivation once you take the action so it may sound backwards and it may sound opposite of what you would think but it's it's really true um, you can't just passively consume a motivational video or think about motivation. You actually sometimes have to take that action first, and then active inspiration can be a far more powerful motivator. So again, motivation is the result of action, not the cause of it. Uh, getting started, even in small ways, is a form of active inspiration that naturally produces momentum. So I know uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I know there's, I think it's Mel Robbins who talks about you only need enough courage for the first five seconds. And it's doing that first bit, just being past that first bit of friction that is pushing against you. And once you do, it's all easy from there. I mean, it just it goes downhill and it gets easier and easier the more you do it. And so you don't have enough, have to have enough motivation to do the next hour of working out, say. You just have to have enough to get yourself there, if that makes sense. So that's one thing to know about just getting started and getting going on something that you've been thinking about and wishing that you had the motivation fairy wand <laughs> that never, ever comes. Um, so productivity creates more productivity. And so the other thing that's really important to think about when it comes to motivation is that the busier you are, that's a hard thing to say, (laughs) the busier you are, the more you tend to get done. And there's a wonderful book by the author Matthew Kelly, and he's one of my favorites, so I've probably talked about him before, but he has a book called The Rhythm of Life. And he talks a lot about people who are out 
pushing really hard to live their best life and continue to be better. And he's an amazingly wise man. So any and all of his books I highly recommend. But The Rhythm of Life is really the core philosophy behind everything that he does. It's something he wrote when he was very, very young. He's always been wise beyond his years. He's an amazing man. I've gotten the privilege and honor of meeting him in person and speaking alongside him, and and he really is genuinely everything he says and does. Um, And one of the things that he talks about is that you there's a rhythm to our lives, and when you're in a place where you're not doing very much and you're not feeling motivated, you tend to be just kind of moving very slow. And if you think about these levels that we are in, it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you've got a pyramid. And at the base of the pyramid is the lowest, very, very lowest level. And if you don't have your basic needs met, food, water, shelter, that sort of thing, you actually cannot be at a higher level of living because your innate instinct is to get things in a place where they're steady and stable. And so if you're being really hard on yourself, but maybe you're going through a divorce or a move or a new job or any kind of upheaval in your life, you're going to be down in that lowest level whether you want to be or not. Um, And so sometimes you really just have to focus on getting through that thing and then you can get up to those higher levels again. And especially for people who are used to living at the higher levels of living, they often beat themselves up when they're down lower than they've ever been. Um, I I had a friend who was an attorney. She was extremely accomplished. She was on morning shows. She helped all kinds of – she actually was an attorney helping kids in school. She just was this highly accomplished, highly successful woman who'd always taken on the world. She was writing a book, all of these things at the same time. And all of a sudden, she was going through a major move from to another state. She was leaving her current law firm, going to another one. She had all of the things that were happening that were changing. And she suddenly wasn't at her highest levels that she was used to being at. And she was finding herself down more in this survival mode. And that's the lowest level of living is the survival mode where you feel overwhelmed and just so much going on. And she'd never really been there before. And she was like, so frustrated and beating herself up and why are all these things suddenly so hard for me that aren't normally? And it was because all of those basic needs were in upheaval. And she had to get through that and get to a point where things were a little more settled before she could get back up into a higher level of thinking. And so if that's you and that's where you are, um, and what's interesting about these levels is that you can be in one of these levels for years, but you can also be just there for a few minutes or a few hours, and you can easily and quickly move back up to another level if you understand it and and really know how to navigate for yourself these things. So the lowest level, again, is called the survival level, and you've got to have those basic needs met, but you know you're there if you feel things like you're overwhelmed, you're feeling intimidated by others. You feel like life is hard. You just can't get past the the stuff in your life to be able to think of, of higher level things. You sometimes don't even remember that you have resources and friends and people around you. And so one of the things I highly recommend people do as a practice is to actually get uh, a list that they create when they're not in survival mode so that when they are in that survival mode, they can go back to that list and remember, oh, here's some of the things that I can do to help make myself feel better when I am in this lower mode. Or here's some friends I know I can call who are going to help 
uh, bring me out of that. And I know I even this week had one of those days and I literally forgot about anybody I could possibly out to and I didn't have my list handy and I normally do actually and it was just one of those days that I just had to stop and have a day and and recognize okay I'm here today and I'm just going to be in survival mode today and I'm going to give myself some space and permission to be here and then I'll get back out of it and sometimes that's all you can do and that's okay just don't get stuck there for years (laughs) and that's something in years past, before I ever understood any of this and I was going through hard things in my life, I did have a few years of my life where I didn't understand any of that. I was going through a lot of different things and a lot of change and a lot of transition and, you know, brand newly single mom triplets and all the things that I was dealing with. And I was depressed and I didn't understand any of it. And I didn't know how to get out of it. And spent the last 10, 12, 15 years, however long it's been, learning about these things and working with others, but also working with myself and understanding how how our minds work and how these things actually happen and having that awareness has been so, so helpful. And remembering who you can call or what you can do or what you can reach out to or even just walking outside and being in the sunshine or being in nature, all of those things can help. So sometimes you really just have to honor what you need in that moment And take that time and give yourself the grace and space to do what you need. And then you can start getting up to some of these higher levels. So the next level above survival is coping. And this is now, okay, you remember (laughs) that you've got some things that can help you. You're starting to think about some coping mechanisms or coping skills. Life's still hard, but you see that there is a way forward. And so that's the next level above the lowest level. So you're now thinking about resources, maybe starting to use some of them, maybe starting to reach out to others and getting some help. So I'm going to stop right there. We've got three more levels to go through when we get back from our break. And again, this is Carla Taylor. You are listening to Bring Your Brilliance here on Inspired Choices Network. We're talking today about motivation and we will be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. 
To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Okay, welcome back. It is me. <laughs> I am me. I am here. My name is Carla Taylor. Uh, we are here on the Bring Your Brilliance radio show on Inspired Choices Network. Today we're talking about how to get and stay motivated. And right before the break, we were just talking about the levels of living and how oftentimes we don't have our basic needs met and what we call your legitimate needs of things for stability and security, whether it's money, whether it's uh, stability of a relationship, whether it's something happening at your house with, with things at home, uh, a new job, any kind of major change can put you into this upheaval and, and put you down into survival mode. And it it happens. It happens to all of us. And so, again, don't beat yourself up if you're there, but be aware of it and understand it. And when you're not in survival mode, <laughs> write a list of the things that you can do that you know maybe there's a certain song that you listen to that brings you energy. For some people, it's prayer or meditation. Maybe it's, like I said, going outside, going for a walk, all the things. And then and a list of people, uh, not the people you know that are going to be hard on you, but the people that you can count to that you know will lift you up when you do. And so that's some of the things that you can do to to cope with being in survival mode, which actually then brings you up to the next level, which is called coping. So the bottom level, again, imagine a pyramid. The bottom level, you're in survival mode. And so also think about the rhythm of your life when you're in that mode is going to be very slow because you're moving very big, big circles around that giant base of the pyramid. So everything is taking longer and feeling like it's taking longer as you're trying to do that. And sometimes that is really what's affecting your motivation. So we move up the pyramid. Now it's a smaller circle that you're getting around the, the pyramid in, and you're in coping, like we talked about before the break, where you've got some resources, you've got some things that you know you can do, and life's still hard, but you see a path forward. The next level above that, which is where most of us want to be, at least staying there for most of the time or above, is creating. And that's when you now are creating and are thinking of things to to do and create and collaborate and and oftentimes sometimes creating something can actually bring you up to creating so again i love my daughter being such a wonderful way for me to illustrate some of these points and actually about two years ago i bought her a, an easel and some paints and some uh canvases and things like that because i know she's very artistic and loves to paint and loves to do things and she hadn't really felt like doing that and or hadn't remembered i got her those or whatever and last week, she came home and asked me if she could paint. And so we got out all those supplies, and I just happened to have them all, which was wonderful. And she did not feel like painting. If I could have taken her her before picture, she was not in a good mood. But she now knows enough that in her coping from being in survival mode that she wanted to pull herself up into creating and do something that would help get her there. So, again, we talked earlier about action often creates the motivation to do the next thing. So she took the action to create and paint a picture. And at first she had no idea what she was painting, and so she just kind of was dabbling and doing some different things. And what she ended up painting was this really cool painting that was 
um, kind of looks like a feather, and someone else said it looked like a bird. But it was just so cool to see the transformation that she had. And I took a picture of her afterwards, and she's smiling, and you can just see the joy that it was bringing her as she was creating. So, again, taking action and doing the things to get there, but in creating mode, you don't have to be creating to be in creating mode, but certainly you are going to be creating from that place. Um, and, you know, Brene Brown, who is one of the most amazing people on the planet, <laughs> she talks a lot about unused creativity isn't benign. When you don't use your creativity, it can actually eat away at you and cause you to go into negativity. And so to get out of that negative space, you don't just want to not be negative because that's kind of an oxymoron of you're still focusing on a negative. Uh, but what you've got to do then to get out of the negative mindset and place that you might be in is to not just move forward to neutral but actually beyond neutral and fill up that negative space to move into positive which is what creating helps you do and creativity even if you're not a good drawer or painter or anything else and it's really interesting because Brene herself is a scientist and a researcher and she never thought creativity was all that important until she did the research for 10 years on shame and blame and guilt and seeing how it affected people. And now she teaches all kinds of classes and writes all kinds of books and she's creating all the time in her life and highly encourages other people to. And that's why things like art therapy, um, you know, there's all sorts of different ways, music, all sorts of things that creativity actually can bring you up to those higher levels so that you do feel more motivated to do more things in your life. So, uh, such a great way to get yourself up and motivated and moving into a place that you haven't been and help pull you up to that third level on the pyramid of creating. Above that is inspiring. So now you're not only creating in your world and around you, but you're out looking out to others and inspiring other people and making a difference for people in the world. And that's obviously where all of us would love to be and live all the time. And many of us can be there and, and are there a lot of the time. But again, even the most inspirational people, even the people who are at the very top of the pyramid, which is peaking, um, they don't stay there all the time. It's kind of like when you climb a mountain, you get up to the top and you can't really live at the top all the time, but you can experience moments of that or and, and you can stay there longer and longer, especially as you get better used to breathing the air and all of the things going along with my mountain analogy, um, you can go ahead and um, learn more and be able to stay up at peaking more. But typically, we kind of go up and down this pyramid, and the goal is to stay at creating or above. And again, you're going to be all the way down in surviving if your legitimate needs are not met. So if you, you can get them met as soon as you can and or even... Sometimes it's shifting your mindset about just being okay with the fact that they're not and allowing yourself to focus on the things that do get you up higher. You can at least get up to creating mode, even if your needs aren't completely met yet, but you've just figured out how to cope with it better. So, so many people talk about mindset and how important it is, but this is like a, a, a real example of the ways you can really visually imagine where you are in these different levels and peaking at one with yourself and nature and the world and everything is wonderful and amazing and magical. And I've certainly had many, 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 many moments like that, but I do not live there. And it's not not anywhere anybody can live 100% of the time. 
there are a few people who get very close, but even the people at the very top of that, I mean, even, you know, Mother Teresa had moments of doubt. And in fact, she had a lot of moments of doubt if you if you learn more about her story. And so oftentimes we're also comparing ourselves to others and seeing the, the Facebook highlight reel of people's lives and thinking, oh, wow, that person never has a bad day or that person never goes through anything hard. and There must be something wrong with me. And so you start beating yourself up, which of course affects your motivation and how you feel about yourself. And it's not true. And I love, I just absolutely love the movement that I'm seeing and that I'm embracing for my own life of getting really authentic and really real and unfiltered about where we are in our lives. And I shared a post yesterday. I was excited about it being Halloween. I was having all these wonderful memories of my children and all the really cute costumes that we used to have um, with... Uh, the uh like three little pigs or three little bears, Goldilocks and the three bears, I was Goldilocks, you know. And I used to have a lot of fun with my children. And so Halloween was a very happy memory day for me. And I was getting ready to post something about this happy Halloween and I got a phone call and it took me down to survival mode. And I was gonna not post anything that day. I've been working really hard to be consistent about posting things every day on LinkedIn. And I decided instead to change what I was going to post and and post something about the fact that sometimes Halloweens aren't happy and sometimes you're haunted on a Halloween and something negative does come up and that's okay too. And I just wanted other people who knew, who maybe were feeling that way to know that they were not alone and that not every single day is a good day. I am happy a lot of the time. I actually have people comment sometimes on how much I smile and laugh. That happens to me a lot actually. Um, but I'm not happy all of the time and I am a real person with a real life. And so it's okay to talk about that too and acknowledge that, that life happens and it happens to all of us. And sometimes it's way harder than others and we can all get through it and not let one moment or one season, uh, take us out of the game. So I'm going a little bit off on a tangent there, (laughs) but I did want to share that it's important to know that wherever you are, it's okay. And you can learn more and more about having this awareness of yourself and where you are and what you can do to get and stay motivated. So let's talk a little bit more about some other ways to think about motivation. Um, So many, many, many of you probably have heard of the author Daniel Pink. And he wrote a very famous book called Drive, which was all about what is called intrinsic motivation. So, and this is something I've talked to many, many companies about, and and it's so well-versed and well-known now about it, but there's still a lot of companies who haven't changed. Companies of old, you know, if you think about where we came from, we went from farm to factory, and most of the original tasks that we used to do were were skill-based things or what they call hands-based. And so extrinsic motivation things like reward or punishment, um, you know, the carrot or stick approach is what they call that. So that worked because you were looking at output, you were looking at producing things, and so if you gave a reward for so much production or a punishment for not doing it, it was a pretty direct correlation and relationship to helping motivate people. Well, it's been a 100 years or more, and everything we do has changed. We're no longer 
mostly at factories. We're mostly doing knowledge-based work. And so we've moved from that hands-based economy to a head and heart-based economy where we've got to capture people's heads and their knowledge and their ability to apply it and their hearts and their passion for it and help motivate other people or ourselves in the work that we do. And that is what comes from intrinsic or internal motivation. So I'm going to talk more about that when we get back from our break. Again, we're talking about motivation today. We're talking right now about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation and the book Drive by Daniel Pink. And we will continue that when we get back. Again, this is Carla Taylor here on the Bring Your Brilliance radio show on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, and welcome back. We are talking about motivation today here on the Bring Your Brilliance radio show on Inspired Choices Network. My name is Carla Taylor, and right before the break, we were talking about Daniel Pink and his book, Drive, and talking about the fact that the traditional carrot and stick paradigm of extrinsic or external reward and punishment no longer works, and that he actually talks about three different things that you must have for that internal or intrinsic motivation, and those three things are autonomy or the desire to be self-directed, mastery or the itch to keep improving at something that's important to us, and purpose, which is the sense that what we do produces something transcendent or serves something meaningful beyond ourselves. And so if you're somebody looking to motivate others, you look at what you're doing currently in your leadership that might help other people find a sense of autonomy. And, you know, if you're hiring great people to be on your team, then let them be great and don't micromanage them and let them be self-directed as much as you can. And just here's, where we are at point A and here's where we want to get to at point B and then allow for some leeway in how they get there, of course, within reason. But people need to be autonomous and self-directed in order to be motivated. And so think about that for yourself too. Are you in a situation where you're not having as much autonomy as you want? And what are some ways, let's say you're working for a boss who isn't giving you any autonomy. Um, that is a conversation you can certainly have. It may or may not change with that boss, but there are still some things you can do, some boundaries you can put into place, some ways that you can find even side projects or other things or 
start communicating with other leaders or other people in the organization about what they can count on you for and come to you so that you have some things that you can do that are autonomous. And of course, if it's really that bad of a situation, you probably want to eventually get out of it. But I've seen people think that they have a boss that would never, ever change and they have a conversation with them and they start working with them and maybe even putting in some boundaries and saying, you know, like if there's a salesperson who's being pulled into um, a meeting that's supposed to last an hour and the boss typically goes two or three hours and then they're expecting them to still produce, it's really okay to say, okay, well, we let's keep it to an hour and, and give that feedback and push back a little bit. You've got to sometimes manage up as well. If you are somebody who works for yourself, of course, that's a pretty much a no-brainer that you you have autonomy or you're not doing anything really, right? <laughs> you're self-directed as a solo practitioner or something else. So that one you've already figured out and you've already got covered, right? So that is probably part of what even motivated you to become an entrepreneur in the first place if that's the situation that you're in. Mastery, of course, then is something that you're continue to improve at and something that's important to you. And that's what I talk about a little bit when I talk about the career happiness formula and needing something that where you can grow and a, a place where you can also bring your greatness. And growth or improvement is also key here. So it takes a lifetime to truly be a master. And if that is something that you're trying to do it, you know, it, it's I think it's 10,000 hours is is kind of a minimum that a lot of people throw around as a, as a a measure. But even if you've got a thousand or five thousand hours in, there's still more to go and more to grow. So think about those things that you're doing that are allowing you to continue to improve and grow. And if you're not doing that, that's part of your own intrinsic motivation that you've got to focus on continuing to improve and to find mastery of something. So again, that's a, a factor that's going to help motivate you if you have it, and it's going to make you feel not motivated if you don't. And then again, the third factor of purpose is being part of something bigger than ourselves. That is huge. That is why so many companies are finally understanding how important it is to share their values and connect the values of their workers with what they're doing and 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 show the big picture. And, you know, there was a manufacturing plant that made little metal strips. and if they only ever talked about these metal strips and producing more metal strips, people were not that motivated <laughs> about that. But when they connected it to the greater purpose, which in their case, they were actually making these metal strips to be put into life-saving devices for medical devices. And they talked constantly about how what they did on a day-to-day -day basis saved lives and painted that picture and that vision of the, the change that they were affecting in the world their workforce became so much more engaged and motivated. And so for you, again, you might be somebody who works for someone else, and that might be something that is already provided for you, or maybe you need to help draw the line to how is this affecting the world. But this, you're, if you're working for yourself too, you've got to think about what difference does this make for others? And I talk about this a lot in content creation too. If you're creating content just to talk about things that you care about, but you're not thinking about how it helps others, you often don't have any creativity or motivation around what to create for content. But as soon as you start connecting it to how it helps others and the difference it's making for others, all of a sudden you think of all sorts of things that you can create content around to help other people. So having that greater sense of purpose beyond ourselves is 
so important to tap into our intrinsic motivation. And when you've got that trifecta of all three, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, that's when you're going to be really solid and really motivated. So that is something for sure to be aware of and to take a look at in what you're doing. And if you're not clear on those things, write it out. And that's another great technique for almost anything. You've got to have a vision of where you're going. And you've got to know what that actually looks like when you get there. And that's part of why people love coaching and have started embracing coaching is because coaching just helps you get clear and helps you get aware and helps you start uh, breaking things down and defining it and then achieving it. And so if you have this kind of fuzzy, unknown, I'm not sure what's next way of thinking, then you're not going to be very motivated to go towards something fuzzy and unknown. And again, I just have to keep talking about my daughter because she's such a perfect way to illustrate so many of these points. She recently got glasses. <laughs> and um, we didn't know she needed glasses. And she just recently started saying that maybe things on the board were a little bit fuzzy. And so we took her to the eye doctor. And sure enough, she needed glasses. And after she got them, she's like, wow, I feel so much better. I didn't realize how much not actually being able to see the world clearly was affecting my motivation and my ability to see even like practically literally see in her life what was in front of her but also um figuratively we need to have a clear vision to see where we're going and part of that is just think about like with a gps you've got to know where you are in your starting point too and then go from where you are to where you want to go so you've got to know where you want to end up and then the GPS might give you three or four routes you can choose, but now you know how to go from where you are to where you're going. So yes, clarity creates motivation and having a vision and having it fully spelled out and literally writing it down and, and knowing the path of where you're going. And again, there might be 10 million ways to get there, but if you don't know where you are and where you're going, you're not going to be able to figure out any of them. So having that clarity of that place that you're going and then also what it looks like. And I, I'm working with a, a client right now who is trying to increase his his packages of offerings to about 10 times what he used to charge. And he's very worth it. And But he couldn't see that. And so in order for him to see that, he has had to get really clear on what are those packages of offerings? What am I going to be offering instead of at $2,000 a month? I'm going to now offer, not a month, but $2,000 um, at $20,000. And he didn't know what that looked like, so he wasn't making any of those sales. And he happens to be in graphic design. And once he got clear on, well, what, what would I provide for $20,000? What would that entail to be able to sell a $20,000 package to somebody versus a 2000 and when he got clear, literally like the next week, he got his first $20,000 client because now he knew suddenly he had the confidence and the motivation to go out there and sell it. And part of what had been holding him back was this fear of the unknown and not knowing himself how to paint the picture for others and enroll them in the vision of what he could do and what he could provide. And so having that compelling future vision and being able to be clear about what it is to tell others about too can be extremely motivating and even exciting. 
And it's very much like if you've ever heard about the rubber band example of goal setting. So if you think about goals, you are where you are right now. And if you take, let's, you put your finger in the one side of the rubber band where you are, and then you take your other hand and you pull on the rubber band up to where you want to go. And so when you set a goal, you, if you think about that rubber band, you want to have it be a big enough goal that you're stretching that rubber band and that rubber band then pulls you up to that next level because of the tension on the rubber band. But if you don't lift it high enough, there's no tension at all, and so you're not really motivated to do anything at all because your goal isn't actually big enough for you to want to do anything about it because eh, it's not that different than what I've got now. Why put in the effort, right? But if it's something that's a little bit scary and a little bit outside your comfort zone and it is going to stretch you and it is going to get you there, it's going to be compelling enough to bring you up to that next level, which is amazing. And scary. Like it does take a leave of faith to do that too, but you've got enough of, of kind of where we started too of being the discomfort of where you are and ready to move to the next place that it pulls you up. Now, the other thing that can happen though is if you pull it too big, pull it too far, what happens with that rubber band? It breaks, right? So don't break yourself <laughs> by setting a goal that's so beyond reach that you're going to be completely shut down and go into what we call your dead zone where you just don't want to do anything at all and you're like rocking in the corner because now you've completely freaked yourself out and scared yourself. So that's not motivating. So you've got to find that that in-between spot, something that's enough of a stretch to pull you up and out of where you are today, but not so much that it breaks the rubber band and puts you into a shell-shocked mode. So Think about that when you're goal setting. And again, goal setting is simply having a clarity of vision of where you're going and spelling it out and using the SMART formula of specific, measurable, attainable. I think it's realistic and time-bound. Um, so that's part of the power of goal setting and that clarity of vision is to motivate you to get there. And then the other thing that can be truly motivating is understanding the urgency of getting things done. And we all have a limited amount of time here on this planet. We all have no idea how long we actually have. And we don't like to think about that or talk about that. And we all just assume we have all the time in the world, but really we don't. And if you think about it, life happens fast. It goes by in the blink of an eye. I mean, Last month just started, and here we are starting a brand new month again already. And, I mean, it just it goes by so fast. A month goes by in a blink of an eye, and the next thing you know, you're in the next month. And so if you think about it, in a year, you get 12 blinks. That's it. Again, I know I'm always talking about my daughter. And yesterday we were just talking about a friend of ours who literally just had a baby. Like, they just had a baby. And we were surprised by this baby because we weren't they weren't expecting it we weren't expecting it we're like oh wow that's I mean they were so happy it was great and then yesterday was the one year birthday of that baby and my daughter and I'm like Emmy do you realize yes yesterday was this baby's birthday she's like no way that baby was just born and I'm like I know I feel the same way and nothing marks the march of time like babies right but it's so fast so in one year in that one year of that baby's life was 12 blinks in 10 years, in a whole decade, you only get 120 blinks. So 
time is of the essence. It's so important to get things done and get them out and do it even when you don't feel like it. And sometimes just that sense of urgency and realizing and being aware of the march of time and that you do want things to be different in a year from now and five years from now and 10 years from now, that you have to do something and you feel compelled by that clarity of the time march that is happening, whether you're paying attention or not. So speaking of time, it is time for another break. I'm Carla Taylor here on Inspired Choices Network. My show is Bring Your Brilliance, and today we're talking about motivation, and we'll be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, and thank you so much for listening today to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm Carla Taylor. We are talking about how to get and stay motivated. And we've talked today a little bit about what is motivation, and oftentimes it's truly needing something to be different than it is today. Uh, we've talked about intrinsic versus extrinsic, autonomy, mastery, and purpose with Daniel Pink. We've talked about the levels of living uh, we've talked about the rhythm of life and, and how much faster you can move when you're at those higher levels and how much more you can get done. And uh, a lot that Matthew Kelly shares with us in his book, The Rhythm of Life. Uh, we've talked about uh, just all of the different ways to think about goal setting and the rubber band goals. And, and most recently, we were just talking about urgency and making sure we recognize that life is short and we only have so much time and we've got things to do and gifts that we were given and we don't want to to die with our music inside us yet unplayed. And so that is one of the things that drives me the most as uh, whatever I'm being, whether I'm wearing my coaching hat or if I'm out sharing my message to help other people or if I'm working as a social media ghostwriter to help other people find their voice and get it out to the world. I have such a drive, and that's, you know, again, me connecting to something bigger than myself to help others and to make a difference and transform lives. And I know that I was given the particular unique set of gifts and talents that I have for a reason, and so are you. You are uniquely made, and every single one of us has a different blend and a different take in a different set of experiences that can help others. And so I want to continue to encourage you to believe in yourself, to know that you are a big deal. You have 
an incredible amount of wisdom. Even if you're five years old, you've learned a lot more than you knew than you were for, when you were four. And you've got things that you can do to help other people. And that's part of why we were put on this planet with other people too. We were not put here alone. We were put here to be a part of a group of people and to find that group and to find people we can help and to lift each other up when we get down. And that's one of the most important things, too, when it comes to motivation is having that tribe of people around you, people who you know are going to be encouragers and supporters and cheerleaders and believe in you even when you don't believe in yourself. And I hope that you have so many people like that in your life, but if you don't, it's okay. Um, When I first started thinking about that, I didn't have a lot of those people in my life. And so I've been really deliberate about creating that for myself and finding those people. And when I come across them, deeply connecting with them as much as I can, as fast as I can. In fact, I recently went to a conference. I met a woman who I actually noticed her on the plane. She had this bright, shining light about her. She was this amazing woman. And I was so excited when I got to meet her and we started a conversation and we both felt this compelling vibrant energy between us and and just knew that we were both people who saw the world similarly and had an ability to energize each other. And we don't even know why, but we set up a weekly call, which I'm actually going to do after the show today, um, to connect and kind of explore it and see where it goes and how we can keep helping each other and how we can keep connecting. But both of us are at a point in our lives where we've recognized that we've got to be deliberate about creating that and building that into our lives and and collecting those people as we meet them and keeping connected and connecting deeply and not just surface level connecting, but really deeply connecting with those people. So I want to share uh, seven ways that Brian Tracy has shared. And, and this is actually from an article that he wrote in Success Magazine, but he's got tons of different things that he's done and produced that are all about motivation and inspiration. And so I want to share his seven tips with you that include kind of some of what I've said, but it's a really good summary for what we're talking about today. So again, we're talking about staying motivated and inspired, keeping your passion and your excitement fired up. And here's what he shares as these self-motivators that you need to review and do on a regular basis. So his first one is to get serious. So make a decision to go all the way to the top. You've thought about it, it's gone through your mind, but actually make up your mind that you're going to go all the way to the top and your life will take off. So if you think again about that pyramid or just where are you stopping yourself along the journey? And I know for me, one of the things I learned about myself on my own journey is that I tended to do things 90% of the way and then I'd stop for whatever reason at the last 10%. And a lot of it was just a belief in myself and not not being sure if I could fully do it. And when I started working on that and doing that, I actually physically, literally did this by climbing up to the top of this pole. And, you know, as we do one thing, it's how we do everything. So I got to the top of the pole, and I was literally one step away from the top, and I couldn't do it. And I had all these things going through my head. I'm not in good shape. I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm not the other. And I just thought, no. I am not going to stop here. This is what I keep doing in my life. And I'm going to break through this in this moment. And I had a whole crowd of people below me watching. 
I was embarrassed that I wasn't getting up there. I tried 10 or 20 times. I couldn't get to that next step. I was ready to give up. And all those people started cheering for me and cheering me on and telling me I could do it. And I just, in one moment, just pushed as hard as I could and passed that point, and I got up to the top. And it was exhilarating and extraordinary, and that's exactly what happens when you make that decision and just do it. So get serious. Do it. Get up there. Give that final big push, that first big past the friction push. Push past it and get there. So that's step number one. Number two, and I'll go through these quickly, is, um, let's see, uh, whoops, <laughs> I lost my list. Um, so number two is to know your limiting step. What is it that's holding you back? Dig into that. Learn about that. Get a coach about that if you need to, but figure out what's keeping you stuck and push past it. What's that limiting belief that maybe you need to reframe? Number three, like I've been talking about, get around the right people. Get around positive people. Collect those people in your life. Be deliberate about doing that. Stay away from the negative, toxic people who whine and moan all the time. They are not serving you. Get away from them. You have to. Life's too short to spend too much time there. Number four, for sure, take care of yourself. Make sure you're getting the sleep and the health that you need. Five, see yourself as the best. Again, visualize and see that vision. Number six, talk nicely to yourself. Oh, my goodness, that's such a big one. Really, how you talk about yourself matters. And then number seven is simply to get going. Just do it. That sense of urgency that we talked about, Sometimes you're not ready. Sometimes you just have to get out there. Um, I love what Brian Fanza says about creating content. Um, he literally has a hat that says, push the damn button. You don't have to be ready. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be buttoned up. You don't have to be uber professional. You don't have to know everything you're going to say. Take the action first, and then the motivation comes, and then you just keep taking action and keep doing more and doing it when you don't feel like it. And making yourself drive to the gym or making yourself do whatever it is you're trying to do, pick up the phone and make that sales call. Just do it. And then you will feel like doing it. And action begets action and productivity begets productivity. And you're now moving up the pyramid and moving faster and faster around the top. And that's how you get and stay motivated by going out there and doing it. So, again, this is Carla Taylor. This is Bring Your Brilliance. You can schedule a 15-minute call with me for free at bringyourbrilliance.as.me. I would love to hear from you. Join us next week. We will be talking about your brand on purpose. And Thanks for listening for to another today. episode of Bring Your Brilliance with Carla Taylor. For the latest updates and info on personal branding, please follow and interact with Carla Taylor on LinkedIn. And be sure to visit www.itstimetobringit.com. Join Carla Taylor every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then...